Right, move on to our second segment and starts with another really, really blue chip matchup here between the Seahawks and the Ravens. Um, fun fact here, Brian, to kick off, Lamar is 17-1 and against NFC opponents in his professional career. He's only lost one game to a team from the conference. Um, can the Seahawks make it two? This is the this is a really difficult one to to get, to mull over over the last two or three days trying to make a decision because you could argue the Seahawks kind of got away with one last weekend, but then you could argue that you should have got the game against uh, the Bengals and we still lost on the road because the inability of the Bengals to so the inability of, of the Seahawks in the red zone not to not to get the touchdowns in so it's kind of like any end of the season you have your win you have your loss and you reflect on ones you won that you could have lost and, and vice versa. But this Ravens team right now just seems to be playing at another level. And even with people are going to suggest, well, the Ravens didn't play as well last weekend in in Arizona. But yeah, Gus Edwards goes in for three touchdowns. They don't need to be necessarily doing what we saw in London and other very different games, which is kind of the outlet of going to very different players, such as Beckham and, and Zay Flowers. Like they had quieter games last weekend. And I don't know if that's down to the nature of the opponent that they took the foot off the gas slightly. And it was a little bit more of a close to score than it really was in terms of the two-point conversion at the end and kicking a field goal and then side kicks being recovered. It looked like they were just easing off to knew the game was going to. We've got to put it down a marker here because, as I said, if whoever loses it in Frankfurt, uh, you know, by half five in the evening their time, you, the Ravens are going to know that this is a great opportunity for them to win and put themselves in a position to be challenging for a number one seed. And right now, the Ravens just seem to have that something going about them. There's a, there's a storyline in themselves this season. It's Lamar coming out the contract, getting the contract. He's come back all far enough. He's playing as you rightly called out, and it did another level in terms of his control of the game, the ball, he's not running all the time, he's more patient, just strikes with a team that are fully, under control, fully in control of understanding what they're doing both offensively and defensively. It'll be a tight one, it'll be a really, really enticing game, great game for Sky to have on, and obviously Kais and Buskers on the ball will have this one on. I'll go, I'll go Ravens, it's hard to get away from them right now, in particular the fact that they're off. Yeah, I, I'm a bit more confident than, than you in this one, I have to say. Um, I, I was very concerned looking at the Seahawks and uh, and the way they were stopped repeatedly by the Browns last week. As you said, they, you know, we were talking about the Browns game and Browns will count themselves relatively unlucky to have dropped that one. The Seahawks, you know, with that Jackson Smith and Jigba late touchdown, probably a hold, a, a, a hold that was missed as well by the by the referees to help them out there. Um Seven straight punts before that happened, and that is not the formula for success by any means. The Ravens, on the other hand, to me, they just look built to last. I mean, even even last year with all their their injury troubles, you know, they do all the things that you need to do well to stack wins through the season, get to the playoffs, and and, and make a deep playoff run. That didn't happen for them, albeit that they were uh, very unlucky in the end not to advance in the playoffs. Um, even playing with Tyler Huntley at uh, at, at quarterback, um. You know, they run the ball really well. And you kind of forget, because of what Lamar can do with, with his arm, that, that the Ravens are a run-first team. They lead the league in in rushing attempts. They're up against, to be fair, a Seahawks defense that is, is number one against the rush. So that's that's strength on strength. And that's one of the many areas in which this, I think, is a really intriguing matchup, as, as you've said, Brian. But I just think, you know, we, we talked about this even in the wake of London, that this Todd, Todd Munkin offense, Lamar seems to be really at home in it. He seems to see that there are many different ways that they can win. They seem to be able to adapt to multiple different situations, which is what you're going to need to be able to do. And um, Defensively, I think they're really set up to cause the Seahawks trouble. You know, we've talked about it multiple times about how Gino, you're kind of sucking your the air in through your teeth watching them sometimes. In the last couple of weeks, it's been bad Gino. It's been multiple interception games the last couple of weeks. 
Um, so the Ravens will definitely see something to go after there. Um, I, I, I think they'll be relatively comfortable winners here. You know, I don't think they're going to put a beat down in Seattle, but I don't think it's going to be that close. I think it's more than a one-score game in the end. Right, we've got uh, Vikings-Falcons up next. Um, yeah, we've got so many great matchups this week, and then you roll around to Vikings-Falcons, unfortunately, where you're going, well, we're not even going to get to see Josh Dobbs make his debut for the Vikings. Yeah. They've already yeah. confirmed that it's Jaron Hall who's going to start that game, which is kind of fair enough. It's very difficult to slot a quarterback in mid-season into a new scheme. Um, the Vikings defensively, yeah, and we, we've mentioned this multiple times on the show, that they're greatly improved. But Brian Flores is... He's done what good coaches do, right? He doesn't necessarily have all of the weapons at his disposal, but he's making the best out of what he's got. And he's covering over for some of the deficiencies. They've been really, really blitz happy this year. Highest blitz rate in the league, which you know tells you something about the lack of pressure that they're able to get otherwise. But they've been clever about the way they've, they've been blitzing and they've made it work for them. And they've been well in games even that they've lost. And, you know, it's just really unfortunate that they've, they've lost Cousins who was playing at his absolute peak in the last few weeks, really, really seem to be getting into form, and they've done so well to compensate for the for the absence of Justin Jefferson. Um, but I think that comes to an end in, in Atlanta, I have to say. Um, I, I think Heineke's a more than able deputy for, for for Desmond Ritter, you know, and I think he showed pretty well in relief last week. And um, the one thing that slightly concerns me from a Falcons' point of view is, you know, you got Drake London, probably their best receiver, questionable, and um, that that's not helping the cause. Um, and and the Falcons have been, you know, slightly underwhelming, to put it mildly, the last couple of weeks. But I think so much of that is down to Ritter, who Arthur Smith has defended to the hilt. But I think, you know, reading between the lines, Smith is 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 done for the time being and is happy to see Heineken get in. Heineken's scrappy, you know, he's the kind of player that you can see slotting in well with what he's got around him. I think Atlanta will make the home stand. Yeah, I don't underestimate his, uh, his running ability as well. Something he always kind of had with the commanders last year and the year prior when he was stepped in. He's quite quite mobile when he gets going, and that's also something that he, they can catch hold of. And that's therefore the, the offensive scheme doesn't change too much because Ritter was quite effective in the run game as well. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. He's from Atlanta himself. Like he's gone back home, and I think it was inevitable he was going to get an opportunity. We spoke about it in the off season. A nice backup to have, very experienced in the head of his two years in the commands. And this is what he's used to doing. Like how many times have we seen him come in in Washington when things look like they're going off the rails, and he came in and found a way to settle things down offensively, navigate ways in which to win games. and That'll be the expectation for the Falcons. It's it's crazy, the NFL, when you look at schedules and you go, oh, that's a win for them, that's a, that's a loss. And you, you can never legislate for start islands or your quarterback being gone for the season because the, the, the Vikings get back to, you know, 500 or 4-4, four and four, a couple of weeks ago, I pretty tough they were, they were out of picture. Trade deadline comes. Originally, people were suggesting they'd be the ones in the seller's market. Now, all of a sudden, they were in the buyer's market in terms of getting a quarterback in that probably start maybe next week when he gets more settled but it's a difficult ask for any rookie to come in with, with a week's notice says that you want to start bear in mind the significance of where they're at I think and for me it's, it's a Bijan type of game they need to get him back in the fold he's kind of held off slightly he's had a couple of really strong games we saw him really good in London but he needs to go back come back to see you know show what he is which is since he's a top 10 pick and maybe they're relying on him in this game Falcons just maybe not as convincing as people think because they don't necessarily win games like that they tend to have their kicker go out and kick game winning field goals just about but um, be interested to see how this quarterback can settle in on his, his first game proper in the league Books at Texans uh, Brian sorry who are you picking there are you, you're going to oh yeah sorry I'm going Falcon Jess sorry yeah. uh, Books at Texans uh, 
Texans looking to bounce back from that uh, that battle of the number one and number two picks in last year's draft. Uh, Bryce Young getting his first win for the win for the Panthers. Um, Texans are favoured in this one, but I gotta say I, I think this is one for the for the old dog rather than the the than, than the young books. No pun intended. Um, I think if the books are going to stay in that slow bicycle race, they'll pencil this one in as as a win, and um, they've don't want to fall too far behind in the AFC South although to be fair you never seem to have more than one game to make up no matter how uh, how, how late you go into the season there that's been the pattern there for the last couple of years and um, I think this is going to be a road win for for Tampa Bay I have to say um, you know they're not the most devastating or exciting team to watch but uh, they know what they're about and I think I think they'll go into 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 Houston and that uh, and, and take the victory in this one um Dalton Schultz, I have to say, is one intriguing aspect to this. I know he's yeah. been a matchup problem for the for the books in the past, and that's something that the Texans will be looking to lean uh, lean heavily on as, as Stroud looks for the bounce back. But I, I see Tampa Bay just narrowly coming out. This looks like a field goal game to me. We'll we'll see, but it, to me, it's books on the right side of it. Isn't that not the great piece of this Texans team that they found these players that rightly have had nice nice times in the league with other teams and experience and have come in and they've all kind of fitted into exactly what this. Coach and staff want to do, and players are picking up. It was, it was a disappointing loss last weekend. I did pick the Panthers. I felt, as I said, I thought CJ Stroud, if anybody could figure out where he was going to be like, you know, bearing in mind the study that the Panthers did, it would have been them. I'm going to get to go with the Texans to bounce back. I, I wasn't impressed with the Bucks last week. They lost in Buffalo, and people said, well, it's the Bills, and the Bills haven't been convincing, and I felt that was a game in which the Bills were, for large parts, were comfortable, and then Cook ran the ball down on them. Can Damian Pierce do that? I think he can. He's a, he's a really electric type of running back and I think CJ Stroud will have a bounce back game to where he was last week and I, I'll go Texas I think at home there's something about their own games We I know we're going to call him and Sean Prendergast on from Houston Radio during the week a really really good podcast around how Texas have kind of turned the corner I'm going to I'm going to buy into this corner still being going in the right direction so I, I'll go Texas uh, Commanders Patriots Brian I actually find this one one of the more intriguing of the of Impossible. Thunder card <laughs> matchups to, to be honest because like the commanders, in theory, are are tanking um, with, with with a small T, having shipped Montez Sweat and Chase Young out um, to the Bears and Forty um, Niners respectively during the week, um, but that's not how Ron Rivera rolls, and that's not how Washington rolls. You know, this is a team that you know, as we talked about, they played the Eagles, you know, the seven and one Eagles, really close in in those two games. I know it's a divisional matchup, and they know each other well, but. Knowing the Eagles well and being able to to front up against them are two very different things. Sam Howell was was amazing last week. I know he had the pick, but he put up almost four hundred yards against that Eagles defense. Four touchdowns. Twice. Did a twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they racked up points against them. You know, that's not a matchup that the Eagles will relish, and they're delighted to see it in the in the rearview mirror. Patriots, on the other hand, I was I would say their offense has been defanged now that they've got both. Kendrick Bourne and, and, and Devontae Parker out, but that would be kind to even suggest that they had fangs to begin with the way they they played this season. Also, very uncharacteristically poor um, run game for, for the Patriots. You know, it, they, they've, they've just about managed to hang in a lot of games because they've been clever at the way they've schemed defensively. Nothing new there. That's that's the Belichick hallmark. And, you know, they, they've been able to put the shackles on even some of the better um, offences. You know, they did a really good job against the Dolphins, as we've talked about. They, in, to be fair to them, played well against the Eagles too. Um, but it, it's just looked messy in New England this year. And um, Mac Jones is under a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, even without Sweat and Young, you can see the commanders getting to him and, and making his life difficult. 
Now, having said that, the commander's secondary is, is absolutely nothing to write home about. Even the Bears managed to tear it up when the, when the Bears played them. So it, it's not that uh, the, the, the commanders are, are short of leaking yards or leaking points. The fact is that Howell needed to put up almost 400 yards even to keep them in the game against the Eagles. And that is the problem here. But I just don't think that the Patriots have the, the, the weapons to, to take advantage of that, particularly with Bourne and Devontae Parker gone. I think this is a commander's road with. Okay, it's a, that's that's interesting that you went that way. I didn't expect that, and this will genuinely tell you you'd side with Patriots because, we're, yeah, we're 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 giving uh, Sam Ellis kudos for a really strong performance last weekend. I said it last week. Got him. was like, no, nah, no, you won't. But hang on a second, he did it three weeks earlier. Philadelphia and they came at the wrong side of it. But I think we saw the week before that against the Giants. They saw how ineffective he was when the pass rush got got to him consistently, and this offensive line are they're out the gate in terms of how many. How many sacks they've given up this year, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. They haven't done anything. I thought they might have tried to do something around the deadline, not necessarily to, to make a trade, but there's been a few pairs that have been on practice squads that are and hold their own. They didn't go down that route where I've seen teams like the Giants and others take take hold of these pairs. So that's it's a bit strange in a way. They're, they're going to they're setting what they have despite the flaws and decide to, to beat up this quarterback's getting. The pages have a, a good front seven. Like I know there's a few pairs out, but we haven't seen this year. I think this is the type of game that at home. I think Belichick will cause nightmares for the, for this quarterback. I don't think it'll be the most exciting games offensively for the Pages either. I think they'll do enough. I'll go the other way. I'll go Patriots to wreak havoc on, on Howard on Sunday defensively and, and find a way to win the game in that manner as opposed to their offense. Okay, interestingly, Colts at Panthers is is up next. Uh, a Frank Reich revenge game, perhaps, as as uh, he looks to get one over on then Jim Merce and the Colts. And um, Panthers, of course, will, will hope that back-to-back wins are very much within their reach. Not the worst team to have rolling into town after you've just gotten off the off your duck the, the week previously. Um, Colts, of course, have dropped three straight, but you know they haven't looked out of any of those games, and you know they were particularly uh, unlucky against the, the Browns um, with a with a terrible um, offensive pass interference call that cost them late in that one. Um, and and the Gardner Gardner Minshew experience, Brian, is interesting because he literally is up and down. Like um, and even in, you, you can even follow this in the stats. He posts a triple-digit QBR rating one week and then plummets down the next week. It's just zigzag, up, down, up, down, up, down with Minshew. Um, if you follow that pattern, though, this will be an up week. And that's You said it a couple of weeks ago, Connor. You said it a couple of weeks ago. He said there's no consistency with the guy. That's the, ultimately the problem. That's why he's never last too long in terms of being a number one quarterback in the league. Um, but he does have Zach Moss and, and Jonathan Taylor, who looks reborn, or at least looked reborn last week. They're both running at um, five and six yards a clip based on the on the rushing attack last week. Um, that's going to be very helpful against the Panthers. who find it very difficult to run the ball themselves, which has been an issue for, for Bryce Young. Hasn't really helped him settle in. Um, but Young has found you know a couple of targets, and he's got Tommy Tremble and, and, both, and Jonathan Mingo both working last week. Um, that was good to see. Uh, Panthers are underdogs here, and I think they're just about justifiably underdogs. I, I was kind of leaning initially to the, the 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 second game, second win in a row for them, but I've I've gone with the uh, the Uncle Rico experience. I think this is a good week for Gardner, and that'll get them over the line. There's a lot of different results here tonight. Kind uh, where, where's Colin when we need him? Uh, no, look, taking all that away, and fairness, you, you're right when you said this is the could be the up week because I said if you follow the trend, you seem to flip flop from one game to the next. But what hasn't been Bit flopping is the, is their defense, you know, in terms of how they played over the course of the last three games. Last week against the Saints, giving up a lot of a lot of yardage, a lot of points in a game where we're going into it, we're saying the Saints offense looks so flat, and yet they found a way to put up huge points. The previous week, the Browns 
put up a lot of numbers. And again, that was a PJ Walker scenario. And the previous week, no, that was Trevor Lawrence. And the, and the Jags came off London and put a beat down on them. I think they're averaging around 34, 35 points a game, tends what they're giving up on defense. And whilst the Panthers' offense has struggles, and we spoke about, they don't really have the in depth wide receivers in terms of squad rotation. You know, but there is players, as you say, coming to the fore a little bit recently and understanding what they're trying to do. And I think the trend continues. I think there's a, there's a net. Part of me that feels that Frank Reich will be waiting in the wings to kind of put a marker down on, on the owner in particular and, and win this game and kind of show him, make a, make a point that he should have held on to him. But there's also a bigger conversation because since that, that press conference has been somewhat scrutiny around whether he really wanted CJ Stroud and Peter King's podcast last week, who's a good friend of him, said, no, 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 we definitely wanted the quarterback in which he had, that's Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young has another strong game. And I think I'm, I'm going to swipe the Panthers to make it two in a row and Paul's go to four losses in a row. All right, we move into